Radio Pulpit, 6.57 a.m. 6.57 medium wave radio pulpit coming to you. That song by Jazz Celebration. Hey, it's an old one, eh? Nice to start with that, eh? Just feel like, you know, boy, it's something to do with it. Something to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. And then, of course, thank you so much to Johan Els. He's back with you tomorrow. And, uh, of course, each and every time, man, I have never, I've tried to, to inspect, uh, not in a negative way, but just to inspect, where, you know, presenters at times, they become annoyed by uh, the listeners, especially in these call-ins, and uh, there are also uh, people who, who send WhatsApps and stuff. And some of the WhatsApps we don't read because, you know, the... They, they are cursing at you at times. You know, who do you think you are? You what, what, and what, 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 what? You think this is what, what, what? They're saying all those kinds of things. But uh, does it get you off the edge, you know? And to end up really responding in a way uh, when when these things come in, you know? And Johan has always been cool, man. He has never shown an emotion of feeling down. Uh, or even excited about it. He, he's always taking it easy. He's always taking it easy in such a way that you ask yourself if this guy is offendable. <laughs> I know uh, this is an invented word, offendable. Can you really offend him? You know? So you're learning a lot. Temperance is a very high quality of servants of the Father. And uh, tonight, and also. In many other times, I've learned that from Johan. Johan continued to be a great teacher of temperance. And when people are off the edge, you know, uh, they are hot under the collar. He takes it easy. He speaks the truth and you may come at him the way you want. I've seen him even live. He would speak things that would really put people on the edge because they didn't want him to say it and all that. He's still cool. He still hugs. He still loves. He still holds hands. You know, that is Johan. Thank you so much to him. He's back tomorrow. Now, I have on the line, Professor Samuel Kabamba is on the line. Greetings, Professor. Greetings to you and welcome, sir. Yeah, greetings to you too. Thank you very much for having us again today. We are so blessed. I would like to greet all our listeners and greet Pastor uh, Muraka and uh, my brother uh, Baruti Yahu. And uh, I believe that today we're going to have a wonderful time in the presence of God. Muruti Re, thank you. Hey, thank you so much, Muruti, for granting us an opportunity to talk to you and to talk with you and to hear from you. And we also have uh, Mayaki uh, Barukyahu. Greetings and welcome, sir. Greetings, shalom, shalom, shalom to you, Mayaki. Shalom to Professor Kabamba. Shalom to Muruti Muraka. And salam to all the listeners. You say, Hushana, Hushana, Baruch is he who is coming in the mighty name of the Supreme Allahem, the Sovereign of Yasharal. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, uh, of course, also, uh, my friend, my brother, Muruti Karabumraka, is on the line. Welcome back, sir. Thank you. Thank you. I really feel welcome, uh, my brother. And greetings to you. Greetings to Prof. Kabamba. Greetings to my brother, Barangsiahi, and all the wonderful listeners of Radio Pulpit. I greet in the name of my Lord and my Savior, Jesus, the Anointed One. Thank you so much. I'm happy that you are well, Murut. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm very happy that you are well. Today, uh, in my prayer time, I went on to run. That's rather about 20 to 5 in the morning. So it's still dark here in Pretoria, 20 to 5. You know, can tell that the winter is coming. And when I was about a kilometer away from my house, it started to pour like nobody's business. And there was an idea that says, now turn away. You might catch a cold. My, my kid told me that on Sunday. Said, ah, you might catch a cold. Don't go through this rain. And I said, but this one has got me on the way, so I'm going. All the way to town. And then I was just praying, hey, this flu must not, it must not, it must not at all. Now, 
last week, man, we, we had a very, 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 very hot show. And uh, we are taking the last part tonight about who is Israel. And I'm happy that uh, Murutimraka is here. And, uh, of course, also, there are many things to know about Israel. And then I said, uh, it's very nice, man. It's very nice when you hear people talking about Israel. Now that we know who Israel is, we also have to know many things about Israel. You know, that Israel at some stage was characterized as an adulteress. And uh, also the pictures of uh, apostasy, where Israel is threatened with judgment by Yahuwah. And uh, divine curse, uh, you know, God's face being hidden, and they becoming castaways. And then also the byword to neighboring nations, Israel becoming that. And then also Israel becoming defeated in battles because of those, and humbled to the dust, utterly cut off, and carried into bondage. We will look into that. And uh, if we can understand that period of Israel, now that we know who Israel is, we will be able to understand as to what kind of time we are at now. Because there's a, a powerful awakening, which we will get into later on. I don't want to touch on that now. Uh, in that many are arguing that those days of curses and punishment and judgment have come to an end. Others have been saying this 20 years ago. Um, others 30 years ago. Others have been saying it as, as far back as last week and saying, look, the 400 years is over. But I haven't come to that yet. I have to get into these characteristics. Since Israel has been spoken of as the chosen of the Father, I will delve into this. But we will allow Murutim Raka also to continue where he stopped about Israel uh, because he didn't get to part two of us as to who Israel is and uh, what he or what Israel is even all about. And uh, we have read so many things, so many things. But we have read about Israel as a token of salvation. We see Israel really participating in divine salvations. And uh, we have to see also Israel, the warnings that the Father gives to Israel. And it is good also to look at the kings of Israel and how they did things and to look at the men and the women of Israel today and how they are doing things. What led to blessing and what led to curses. You know, um, the, the problem the problem with, with colo coloniality is that it is very easy to bring false awakenings that lead to renewed racisms, discriminations. Uh, and not that which the fire desires to be seen done and known with regards to humankind. Now, it's important, therefore, there that we look into this in depth, in depth, and be able to understand as to the implications of of Israel and what Israel is all about. Murutim Raka, um, welcome back once more. Now, we were looking into Israel, and I want to go to Exodus chapter 15, verses 26, so that I could start with what I just said quite well with Scripture. Here he says to Israel, If you diligently heed my voice, the voice of Yahuwah, your Elohim, and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes. He says, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians. For I am Yahuwah who heals you. If you diligently hearken or heed to my voice and do what is right in my sight and give ear to my commandments, and keep all my statutes, not half, all my statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians. For I am Yahuwah, who heals you. Here is a point of obedience with condition. But look, if you obey me, 
This is what is going to happen. If you don't obey me, this is what you're bringing upon yourself. Israel is also a nation of those who obey the Father. Israel is also a nation of those who heed to his voice and do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep all the statutes. And Israel is that or it is them upon whom the Father has not allowed any disease. It says, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians. You remember, Moses, in that time of Moses. And it brings us also to the aspect of the Passover. And this is who we should know. I, will, I am your Savior. I have chosen you. You must do what is right in my sight. Hearken to my commandments and my statutes and follow them. Then you are Israel. Anything other than that is not Israel. Regardless of birthrights, it's not Israel. If you hearken to that which he says, anything other than that is not Israel. Murutimura, God comes to mind. Yes, what uh, comes to mind is that uh, the, the, the Lord, even as he has uh, uh, let his word be written, was using and continues to use Israel as a lesson to all humanity. Because no one can see God. No one uh, understands Him. No one does what He uh, wants done by themselves because of the rebellious nature in humanity. And therefore, God in his wisdom called Abraham, chose out of Abraham to raise a nation, which he made very clear through the scriptures, uh, various scriptures, including the one which you were reading just now, uh, where he was making very clear that uh, this is his nature. This is how he acts. If you obey, this is the benefit that you will uh, derive because there is a covenant relationship where he is the senior one. And in this case, Israel is junior partner in that relationship. That is why he would give them warnings even before they had uh, as a nation sinned against him. He already told them that they would sin and this is what he would do when they sin. And he already even gave other uh, 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 promises which were not conditional like this one. If we read Ezekiel, we'll find that, especially Ezekiel 36, 37, uh, 38, he gives promises there which are not conditional, where he is now showing, after all these years, after you have been adulterous and all those things, after I have spread you in, in amongst, scattered <coughs> you amongst all nations, I will bring you back into the land which I promised your father. And not because you would have changed, but because I will be doing it for my holy name. 
And <clears throat> this is where we are. And we are talking uh, physical, uh, natural Israel in that sense. Because through natural Israel, he was showing us his true nature. And then, when we go to Romans chapter 2, from verse 28-29, when we go to Galatians chapter 6, from verse 15-16, we start to realize, he is saying, it's not only the physical, natural Israel that he is looking at. He is looking at through Christ when now they put their trust, those who are naturally Israel, when they put their trust on Jesus, the Christ, they become the Israel of God. They reach their destination. They reach their intended purpose when they put their trust on the Lord Jesus Christ, those who are physically uh, descended from Jacob, they become those who are walking by faith. They become the very Israel of obedience, the one which we were pointing out earlier on. And in Christ, they are joined by those of us who are from the nations who have put our trust on Jesus Christ. The wall which used to separate physical Israel from physical nations is broken in Christ. We all now become uh, the new creation or the fresh creation as Galatians speaks about. The very aim at which God was aiming from Genesis coming through is aiming at that, that there should be a fresh creation where the rebellious nature has been dealt a death blow, both in Israel and in the nations. Because Romans chapter 11 Verse 26 tells us that there is coming a time when there will be the fullness of those who come from the nations, who have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, when they have all come in, then he will deal with Israel and save them. And the only way they get saved is the only way we get saved. That is by putting their trust on the Lord Jesus Christ and walking in obedience. For them, it is out of faith. For us, it is through faith. Why? Because they are near and we are far in terms of where we come from, uh, our origin, all of us. They are near, and when they put their trust on the Lord Jesus Christ, it is out of faith that they are uh, justified. And we, who have been far, when we put our trust on the Lord Jesus Christ, we are justified through faith. But, I'm stressing, it is only through Jesus Christ and no one else but Jesus Christ that even Israel can obey to the point that they can meet that condition which we were reading just now in Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. It is only through Jesus Christ. When they put their trust on Jesus Christ, then they 
will have none more those diseases which were on Egypt upon them. For it is you, Devavir, who killed them. Just the same way as it is you, Devavir, who heals anyone who comes from the other nations and puts their trust on the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. I hear you quite well. And, uh, of course, we, we are touching on this very aspect. Uh, I want to get a little bit back and look at uh, uh, chapter 12 of the very same book of Exodus. Uh, that is uh, chapter 12, verse 13. Now, the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, it doesn't say when I see blood, when I see the blood, I will pass over <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Pisak. I will pass over uh, you and the plague shall not, the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I struck the land of Egypt. And then when I go down to that verse that I read to Muruti Muraka, it also shows the need for obedience. The need for obedience. That there should be obedience. And this kind of salvation continues. And Israel um, is the nation of salvation. Uh, we see also the grace of the Father towards mankind when we look at Israel. And we also see the call of the Father towards obedience. And also the warnings if there is disobedience. We see divine protection and divine health and security being promised. Israel also now is seen as a vine also. Psalm 44 verses 2 speaks of an, um, uh, an unfruitful vine because of disobedience. And then we also see that very aspect of unfruitfulness being spoken of. Hosea chapter 10 verses 1 speaks with regards to this. Ezekiel 15 verse 2 and 15 verses 6 and 17 verses 6 and 19 verses 10 speaks of the unfruitfulness that would come if Israel does not obey the commandments, the statutes uh, of the Father. If Israel does not heed to all that the Father is saying. These are the commandments uh, doing what is right in his sight, the statutes. These things will happen to Israel if Israel, which means Israel will just be like the Egyptians. The, Israel will experience what the Egyptians are, are experiencing. Israel will be not different if obedience is not there. From your ear, to your heart, to your mouth, to your feet, join this life on 657 AM. If you need prayer, Please send your request to prayer at radiopulpit.co.za or WhatsApp 067-429-7564 or go to Radio Pulpit website on www.radiopulpit.co.za Our family is just getting bigger and bigger. Welcome to 657 AM. Barukiahu, let me bring you in. What's your take on this one? Shalom, Aki. Shalom, shalom. Shalom. Aki, when you started, you you read to us uh, the book of um, Exodus chapter 15, right? Which says, if we diligently obey the voice of Yahuwah, our Allahim, mm-hmm. and do not walk right, and we walk and do what is right in his eyes, and we listen to his command, and God all his laws, right? Then there shall no be any discord 
they shall no, no longer be oppression, right? Now, actually, uh, how I want to bring this, you read, you read also the scripture about Exodus chapter 12, about the Pesach, right? And what it oh, means, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Now, as you said that, and the blood shall be a sign on the house where we are, mm. and when I see the blood, I shall pass over, hey. And the plague not to come to destroy you uh-huh. when I start the land. Yes, sir. And it continues, number 14. And this day shall become to you a remembrance, uh-huh. and you shall celebrate it as a festival of Yah throughout generations. Uh-huh. Celebrate it as a festival, an everlasting law. It does not end. Mm. Now, actually, maybe we need to delve deeper into maybe asking ourselves, because we know that uh, we've been, life has been planted while we are still asleep, according to Matthew 13, the enemy sowed tears in, in, uh, within the wheat. Mm. So we need to separate what is the wheat from the tares. Mm. Now, if, if Jesus was the Messiah, then it means he should be obedient to the word of the Father. Mm. Then it means he should be teaching his followers, right? Uh, his followers to walk correctly. Mm. For instance, if we can go to Exodus 20 and we look and uh, we see that from number two, number three of the Ten Commandments, it speaks of we do not worship idols and, and all that and, and a carved image. And we have seen a picture roaming around our phones and on the internet and whatnot. Having gone to other churches, they have the statue of this so-called person, right, whom they say is Jesus. Number one, it contravenes the, the Ten Commandments if he is the Messiah and he stands for righteousness. Mm. Number two, it speaks of Shabbat as well as he goes down. But now we suddenly have a Sunday worship, which is contrary or totally different to uh, totally different to 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 to, uh, to the Shabbat, the Sunday worship. Which now also it can clearly mean they just something wrong. Now I also want us to read the scripture. Now on Friday people are, are calling it. Uh, they calling it what we this day that we're going to they calling it a good Friday and whatnot. Now I want to point out something at you. Now uh, uh, what you call it Leviticus twenty three number five. It says in the first new moon or on the fourteenth day of the new moon between the evening between the evening. So now which means right now or today. It has no longer been about Peter, but it is, it is now about the crucifixion of Jesus. And that is not what it's supposed to be, because the true master celebrated Peter. That is the night on the evening when he, when he sent the disciples to go and find a place where he was going to eat the supper. So now, number five says, between the evening is the Pesach to Yahuwah. Number six continues. And on the, it was, the Pesach is on the 14th day, right? And on the 15th day of the same new move, it's a festival of Mazot, a festival of unleavened bread, which is to be celebrated for seven days. Do the Jesus, or the people that are following Jesus today, are obedient to this, what Abba has spoken, because this is his word. And we can understand, and that is the point we're coming to bring to people to say, listen, people, we have been deceived. It's not your fault. It's not my fault. I also come from there where I was deceived, but now I have seen the light. The same thing that has happened with Shaul, our brother of Saul, where, or whom they call Paul, were now on his way to Damascus. Then something, Then there was a light that touched him. And now he started to repent. When we speak of, uh, I can't remember, I think it's Nicodemus. 
who is told that you need to be born again. This is what born again means. He says, all along, we've been following wickedness. All along, we've been, we've been lost. And this world, if you notice people, you have a king that was strong and a king that was dangerous. But the first one became disobedient. The second one, it is where the lineage of Yahusha Hamashiach comes from. You also look at the story of the prince in the Tanit, where Abba says, Esau I hate and Jacob I love. So you can see, and now when we read the scriptures, or in Revelation 21, Revelation 22, it speaks of a renewed covenant, or a Mahudas Barayit, or what we call, uh, uh, I'll use the word heaven, so that people can understand, that it shall come back, meaning that by then, after judgment, judgment is coming because we are in wickedness. If we were all working right and correctly, there wouldn't be judgment that comes. Now, the one who comes to deliver us, he came to connect us to the Father, not for us to be looking at his crucifixion, uh, the seven words that he said and whatnot. It is not about that. It is about being delivered from wickedness or what is of darkness to be brought into light. So, therefore, we become the soul of, of today, whereby now we have to, on our way to Damascus, we start now to change and to can now comprehend what the scriptures are about. Because the scriptures are written to be a guideline for us to say, look, in order for you not to look left, in order for you not to look right, if you follow the scriptures, and you start to read them, then you will understand. And also in reading the scripture, it is also about asking for his wisdom, not just reading as if we are reading a magazine or a book, just any book, because these words are life. These words are sweeter than honey. These words are sharper than the two as double as a sword, and they cut through the fire. So now it is for us to say, if he is of righteousness, Jeremiah 33 speaks of he's from righteousness, the lineage of righteousness. Now, if he is of righteousness, why are people doing contrary to the scriptures? That is where we need to put up a big question mark. And, and in saying that, we are not saying that there is no Messiah. We are just saying, we are correcting to say, the, the, the story has been stolen. The truth has been stolen. The pen became mightier than the sword. That is why I think in Jeremiah 52, Abba says, my people shall know my name because we no longer know his name. So now we are being brought to a restoration of knowing his name. And in knowing his name, that is when we are going to find the truth. Shalom. Salam Mayaki. The question stands um, today: uh, Do we still see Israel through obedience, and and are we seeing Israel through obedience, uh, or are we basically not seeing that? And if we are defining who is Israel, which I think is the purpose of the show, um, okay. to bring an awakening and people to know who they are and if you are israel uh, there are also warnings that the father had spoken with regards to israel mm-hmm. and and these warnings do we heed to them now if someone is asked a question to talk about israel and they talk about religion it's really confusing but if one is asked a question to respond to the notion of Israel. This is how we know Israel, through her obedience. And also this is how we know Israel, through her disobedience. And this is the warning we are heeding. If today we awake to the reality that we are Israel, we are the Israel of the Father. These are the warnings. I mean, the past two weeks we have been identifying ourselves 
And now we have to speak of the oracles of life as according to Yahuwah Elohim. And if these are heeded to, uh, what is happening? How will we see? If these are not heeded to, what will happen and how will we see? If we see Israel dying, dying of all kinds of disease, mm-hmm. and uh, we see Israel engaging in things that are not even found in the oracles of the Father with regards to her, then there's something wrong. Israel has to be brought to book. But if we point to other religions, and we don't talk about Israel, we're like taking one step forward and three steps backwards. And that is the problem I have these days. And uh, Maaki, you you wanted to to interject somewhere there. Okay. Sorry, sorry, man. So Go on. I'm also sorry about that. Actually, uh, I I know that I've I've sort of missed the point in your question, but to to bring to say, uh, the Messiah was also from the lineage. Yes, he is the son, but he was also born from the lineage of Yasharal. Yes. Now, which means with him as well, he also had to walk in this righteousness. Absolutely. Because he stands for it. Absolutely. He comes to represent that righteousness. Uh-huh. Hence, I point out scripture that says we should start, how do we identify? Mm. This is what he does, and mm. meaning that if he is our shepherd and we are the sheep, mm. and then we are, we are not doing what he was doing, it means we have followed the wrong shepherd. I hear you. Shalom. I get you. I get you. Let me bring this to you, Professor. Yeah. And then it says, these will also be visible at the manner of their victories. Not thefts, but at the manner of their victories. Mark mm-hmm. sixteen eighteen says, they will take up serpents and there's a semicolon because that's a figure of speech the aspect of taking up serpents speaks about massive spiritual warfares Uh, uh, these will be mighty warriors of righteousness who would be taking up serpents remember just like the serpent who is working malignancy towards mankind, right from the Garden of Eden. He says, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. It also has a semicolon to show how vast this can mean. It's a figure of speech. It says then, they will lay hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. And there's no semicolon there, which means it's a practical thing. Now, It says, even if they're given deadly drinks, these deadly drinks can come in a form of water. It can come in a form of refreshing drinks that are being sold. For example, things like, you you know, toothpaste. Whatever it is, it shall not hurt them. It shall not hurt them. These things that are given to them, and they don't know about it, it shall not hurt them. And they will take up serpents. And uh, because they are obedient, but if they are not obedient, Mm. serpents will take them up. Serpents will hang them. Poison will kill them. The sick that they lay hands on will not be healed. Mm. And this we have to see. The true Israel. Just like Yahusha says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. True Israel is seen in the love of obeying the commandments of the Father. What say you, Professor? Uh, thank you very much for the question. Uh, I'd like to start on this. Um, there's a scripture in the Bible, uh, in the book of Hosea uh, 4. I'm going to read from uh, verse 4 to verse 6. Mm. The Bible reads and says, No one should accuse other people mm. or bring charges against them. Mm. 
My case is against you priests or you teachers or leaders. During the day, you stumble, and during the night, the prophets stumble with you. Mm. So I will destroy your mother and the nation of Israel. I will destroy my people. So actually, say I will, I will destroy my people because they are ignorant. You have refused to learn, so I will refuse to let you be my priest. Mm. You have forgotten the teachings of Elohim, and I will forget your children. Mm. Here, I would like to mention something. Here is the the Lord God speaking. I mean, the Father is speaking. Who is going to destroy? Not the devil, but it's the Father himself. He said, I will destroy my people, not another people. He said, you don't accuse other people for whatever that is going on with you because your teachers are the problem. Now, why am I going to go on the teachers? Because the Bible is saying that in the latter days, there will be teachings and teachings. When I say teachings and teachings, I mean that there will be two sorts, if I might put it that way, two kinds of teachings. One will come from the right source, and the other one will come from the wrong source. But whatever that is be, will be taught out there must bring some kind of knowledge. There will be a true knowledge and a very wrong knowledge. And when people now approach the true knowledge, they will either embrace the truth and obey the truth, or they will either embrace the wrong and obey the wrong. And as they, as they obey the wrong, both of them might be in a place whereby they claim to be Israel. They might be claiming to be the right people. While the Lord is saying that I will destroy you because of what? Some teachings. Because yeah, why am I putting this to, together? I want us to understand this, that because of teachings that will be introduced into our churches, some people will embrace those teachings in such a way that those teachings will corrupt them. As it corrupts them, then they won't obey to the true knowledge or to, to the sound or to the true sound knowledge. They won't. And they will behave differently. Now, another thing that I want to add is this to what you, uh, Muruti, just said. You mentioned, uh, that the people of Israel are these victorious ones. They are strong, they are powerful. They need to exhibit and to show the power of God wherever they go. That is something that we say amen to, to it. But now the other question will be, do we all the time, when you pray for the sick, do we see the sick get healed? When we take the... Uh, poisonous things or poison and stuff, do we overcome it all the time? These are questions ask ourselves because we've seen people die. Men of God die after they've taken the poison. And we see nowadays it's become a trend whereby a lot of men of God have been uh, poisoned and they're dying. And that the good question would be, are they not obeying God? So, I mean, because if, as you said, Muruti, you said, if they do not obey, if we don't obey, I mean, that means whatsoever that we can carry, or maybe uh, pick up the serpent, the serpent will, uh, will, I mean, will, will hurt us, because, will arm us, because we are not obeying. But in that area, we need to get to that place of uh, knowledge. Mm. We need to get to the place of knowing what to do in any instance. Because there are Sometimes we get into things because we've heard people saying it, but we don't have the knowledge. When I talk about the knowledge in this regard, I'm talking about the revelation, to get the revelation from God. Because the book 
as the Bible. It can be read from Genesis to, to Revelation. You can read the whole thing, but understanding nothing. You can read the whole thing, but not getting the mind of God. Because when you get the mind of God, then you will know what to do. Someone can just wake up in the morning and say, because the Lord says, or the Bible says that Jesus Christ walked on the water. That means, as the Bible says in the book of John 14, 12, it says, those who believe in me, they shall do what I do, and they shall do greater than what I did or what I do. And one will say, oh, if you walk on the water, then me, I can walk in the air, for instance. Or I can just go in the water as well and walk on the water. And then you go in the water and you drown and you die. And what do people say? People say maybe that man was not a son of God because he died. But the truth is, not necessarily that he was not the son of God, but he did not get the revelation in that regard. Was that necessary for him to go and walk on the water? What was he trying to prove? Was that necessary for him to go there? What lesson was he trying to portray or to give to the people of God? Sometimes we come up with the teachings that are not relevant. That's because we want to bring them across. And people will come to those uh, knowledge, but getting them, getting them wrongly, not in the right way. Yeah. And when teachings are not properly given, what will happen is that the people will be destroyed because they won't know what to do. And when they are destroyed, yes, the fault does not go to them directly, but it goes to the priest, to the teachers, those who have brought those teachings. Now, today I was listening to someone. He took upon the word of God and he was talking about the law. And I want to say this because it's so very important. The law of Moses is very good. But that law of Moses had its fulfillment in the Messiah, Jesus. Meaning what? You can follow the law of Moses from A to Z. But if you don't believe in the Son of God, if you don't believe in Jesus, all your efforts are just nothing. Because you've wasted your time. And that's what sometimes we see today. People will hang onto the law. Say the law says this, the law says, the law said. But they do not believe in Jesus as the law. They don't believe in him as the Savior. You know, as we're talking about these days, we're talking about now, I mean, these few days we'll be talking about, I mean, uh, people are talking about Passover and Easter and so on. You know, you're talking about, I mean, I know the word. You said, I know the Bible. This is what, I mean, the Torah said. The Torah said, I mean, this and that and that. But yes, but what does, what does the Torah say exactly? What was the Torah pointing at? It was pointing at Jehovah God, at it was pointing at Jesus Christ who's supposed to come and come and serve humanity, come and deliver humanity. Now, he has come. Instead of I mean, pointing at him, as the Savior, what people do are still hanging on to some laws that they cannot even themselves obey mm. to the letter. Mm. Now, what mm. happens is, because you cannot obey to the letter, the only way we can obey the law of God, it is through Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Because he is the one who is capable of allowing us to get the law properly and understand it. That's why I'm talking about revelation. Because if we don't get to know, you will end up by having the, um, uh, the intellect working, but while your spirit is far away from it. Now, I'll end on the one scripture here, the Bible in the book of John, sorry, 1 John, 1 John uh, 2, uh, we know this scripture. And it's exactly what, I mean, we, are we trying to, Depends for this now. I mean, now uh, 1 uh, John 2, verse 27. John says, I'm writing to you about those who are trying to deceive you. The anointing you received from Christ the Messiah lives in you, 
You don't need anyone to teach you something else. That means you cannot be learning something that is not taught by the Holy Spirit. But if you learn something that is outside of the Holy Spirit, what you do, you will obey that, but it will be a wrong teaching. Instead, Christ the anointing teaches you about everything. His anointing is true and contains no lie. Mm. So live in Christ and as uh, he taught you to do. Now, meaning what? Meaning that for one to obey, there must be a sound teaching. And that sound teaching that what will make you or make me to be the true Israel. I mean, the sound teaching has to be there. And the sound teaching does not come from one who reads a lot of books, who come up with a lot of, I mean, uh, uh, word in the Hebrews and in, uh, in, uh, in uh, what in uh, in, uh, in Greeks and all this. That's not sound doctrine. Sound doctrine has everything to do with the revelation. Because Jesus Christ said, whatever that I'm teaching you, the Holy Spirit shall come and he shall speak to you. And he shall remind you. He shall speak to you, showing you whatever I said. That means, whatever we can learn today, I might not be good into Hebrews. Let's be, let's be honest here. There are people from the villages that they don't know anything about Hebrews. They don't know anything about Greeks. But how are they going to come to know the truth? Is by the Holy Spirit. Some people, they're not learned like us. I can sit and start, I mean, I mean, going through word and understand their origin and stuff and stuff. But some people, they never come to understand their origin. They don't know anything about it because they've never gone to school. How are they going to become the true children of God? Is it by what? Going to school? No, it is by the Holy Spirit. I believe that the teachings for people to obey is not about any other thing because the teachers are bringing wrong teachings somehow. But the Holy Spirit is bringing the true teaching. And if you can rely on him, we will have the sound doctrine and we shall be the true Israel as the Lord is expecting us to be. For there is a time to search and a time to give up, a time to reap and a time to sow. Radio Pulpit wishes to be there at all times, even when you just need prayer. Send us your prayer request by calling 067-429-7564 or email it to prayer at radiopulpit.co.za reach your customers in the car at the office at home or wherever they are night or day through advertising with radio pulpit you can reach a large unique and loyal audience in a most affordable way with over 500,000 people on our various platforms from Gauteng to the Cape you simply cannot go wrong so advertise today contact us on 012-334-1339 or for advertising packages that we offer go to www.radiopulpit.co.za terms and conditions apply you and 657 AM and Life, a winning team on the road to eternity.